Magazine HIV Diaries special presentation. You just f***ing screamed at me and you just f***ing screamed at me. The f***ing baby's gonna stay here. So you're taking my daughter away from me? Is what you're doing now? No, but she don't need me around this. Be around what? You're leaving, so there ain't gonna be a baby. The doctor is in. Judgment day. Day. So today is the day. Today is Judgment Day, isn't it, folks? It's also Women's Equality Day. Look it up. It's a real thing. But without any further ado. My special guest for this show, and I feel quite honored because, as I said, I, I've never had a guest before on the show. So this is new for me. Usually, I'm just talking to myself more so than what I already do. But Alyssa, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Before we go any further here, uh, let's kind of set the tone, set the scene. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, and basically anything else you, you think would be important to go along with that. Well, I am actually from Bethesda, Maryland. Was born there. Um, I'm a 22-year cancer survivor. You've told me this privately. It wasn't until you got a little bit older that you even knew. I was doing a science project for one of my classes. I can't remember which grade, but I remember going to my mom and I was like, Mom, I need something to talk about in school. And she goes, why don't you bring up the fact that you had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? Okay. Then you're what? Like, what's that? Right. Wait, I had cancer. There's no way. All right. I'm too healthy to have had cancer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I am a 22-year cancer survivor. Um, I am currently studying business management, but I have a degree in criminal justice. So, tell us about that because and I'm and I'm and I'm glad you hit on that because that will play a little bit of a part in the story that we have today or stories rather. Um, tell us a little bit about your criminal justice background. Well, it took me a long time to get there, but <laughs> uh, I do have a degree in criminal justice, and right now I am actually a security guard. Uh, eventually, I would like to be a armed security officer or just an armed officer. But yeah, I studied for six years. I got a six-year degree. It's just my associate's. So I'm going to work on my bachelor's later on down the road. You're in the middle of pursuing all of this. And you have all these dreams, you have all these ambitions, you have all these things that you want to do with your life. Tell us about when you first met this guy, the guy that uh, we're going to be talking about here today. We actually met at a walleye game. Uh, He sat behind me and my mom, my dad. I remember finding him... Not necessarily attractive, but I thought his personality was awesome. I just remember sitting there and tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, here, let me give you a proper high five. I thought that I really liked this guy. I wanted to get to know him more. And then he invited me to travel with him to another hockey game. And you guys developed this relationship. Now, when did you first notice, hey... Maybe something doesn't seem right, at least initially to you. Um, kind of started soon after we started talking where he tried automatically starting a relationship with me without getting to know me and made me feel that in order to be an adult or a grown up, I had to be in a relationship as soon as you meet somebody. One of the biggest signs, though, was he barely knew my parents and 
we had had a weekend up at my parents' lake house for 4th of July weekend, and he trash-talked my parents to my sister. And my sister then turned around and told my parents, and ever since then, they did not like each other. Well, I can imagine. As this goes on, was he, uh, when he was trash-talking your family and, and all of this to your sister... It almost sounds to me like he was in a way attempting to turn your sister against your family. Would that be a fair statement to make? That sounds fair. I know that he was trying to turn me against my parents. Tell us about that. Anything my mom did, anything my mom said, because me and my mom have such a close bond, it was anything my mom said was wrong and she's just treating me like a kid she's just trying to control my whole entire life i can't let my mom control me anymore i need her out of my life so in a way do you think maybe this was him beginning to control things yeah as time goes on you start to see i'm in the middle of something here i'm scared to get out of did he ever instill that in you that if you ever leave me this is what's going to happen yeah. A lot of times he would tell me that if I left, nobody would love me. Nobody would date me because of my health issues or nobody would love me because of my mental illness. When I got pregnant, uh, nobody would love me because I have a child. I, I heard a lot of it. Nobody will love me because I'm broken. And the only one that can fix me is him. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a lot of stuff there, which we will come back to, especially when you did become pregnant. Now, you've told me in private, too, there were some other things that were going on your family didn't know about at first. It took them a long time to find out. That was about the time that the physical abuse started, too? Or was it later on? The physical abuse really didn't start until a little bit later on in our relationship. But at some point in time, the verbal abuse wasn't good enough. The emotional abuse only took him so far. Tell us about some of the sexual abuse that you encountered and about some of the times that he would beat you to make you have sex with him. Well, we'll just start why the sexual abuse started. Um, so I got put on a new medicine and it completely took away my sex drive. I just didn't want to have sex which does happen with some of those psych meds it does and um i told him that the doctor explained you know everything and he would slap me to wake me up to have sex with him and i was basically reminded i i didn't think that it was sexual abuse until everything was said and done and then you know, looking back at it and like, wow, I really didn't deserve that. Um, but a lot of the time it was, well, you have to have sex with me because you're my fiance. Otherwise, I'm just going to go watch other girls have sex. You know, I'm going to go somewhere else and find sex if you don't have sex with me. Even though I explained over and over again that I did not like it and... I would repeatedly say, I don't like that. There was numerous times where I would even cry and tell him, please stop. Don't do that. I don't like it. Don't touch me. I don't want to be touched right now. And he would just force himself on you. Yeah. He knew some things about you. So he knew if he touched you a certain way, if he felt you a certain way, if he 
slapped you a certain way, it would trigger a memory and he would be able to manipulate you. You hear these stories about women who are in these relationships where they start to get makeup to cover up the bruises. That was what you started to do. How did that make you feel? Like trash. It made me feel worthless. It made me feel stupid. It made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Did you ever tell him this? On a daily basis. And what was his reaction? He would kind of just agree with me. Or when I got really depressed, he'd be like, well, I'm sorry I said that, but you need to do this differently. It was never a legit actual apology. Almost like a narcissistic angle where it was, you made me do this. Pretty much. You're putting on the makeup. You're covering up the bruises. You're covering up the scars. He would punch you, kick you, slap you. And he would justify it by saying, oh, they're just love taps. Oh, don't worry about the fact I just punched you right in your chest, or I just slapped you in the face, or I just gave you a black eye. Tell us about when he gave you a black eye. He decided that with all of his strength, he was going to slap me in my face, getting me in the eye. I started crying instantly. I started screaming for help, and he told me that I was just overreacting, that he didn't hit me that hard. You get this black eye. You were told it was your fault that this happened because you made him do it, right? I still blame myself to this day. Why is it your fault? Because he told me it was my fault. He would call my store and scream at me over the phone, or he would text me while I was at work, and if I didn't answer, then he would call and scream at me. You have a boss at this job who starts to see, hey, you know, Alyssa isn't the chipper person she normally is. What happened here? There was numerous accounts where my boss would pull me aside and ask me if there was abuse going on in my home. And I would cover for him. And I would tell her, no, you know, he loves me. He's doing this out of love. I just made him mad. It's not like this all the time. I just made him mad. It's okay. I just got to talk to him. Numerous occasions, she would pull me aside. Alyssa, what's wrong? He left welts when I told him that, ow, that hurt. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He then hit me as hard as he could in the back and used the excuse, well, I was just trying to help you breathe because you said you couldn't breathe. And he would leave more welts on you to help you breathe. Uh Uh-huh. I had to... Now, mind you, my nephew was a size smaller than me. I had to take his hoodie and get it on. And I had to hide the mark so that I could go into the store so that nobody could see it. Now, tell us about when you got pregnant. You found out, holy crap, I'm going to have a kid with this guy. What was running through your head? I was so excited to be a mom. 
to have that opportunity. And then he made me feel like he always made me feel like worthless that I couldn't do this. Uh, Several times he told me that I was never going to be a good mom, that I would end up getting my child taken away from me. Uh, Nobody actually knows this. I actually called an adoption agency and was willing to give up my unborn child. Because of what he was doing to you? Because of what he was doing to me. I can't imagine what that must have felt like because here you are. You've been told all your life you can't have kids. And not only does he make you feel worthless, he was encouraging you to. So time goes on. Your pregnancy progresses. Did he ever tell you that he wanted you to terminate the pregnancy? He was like, well, then you should terminate the baby if you're that depressed and don't want it. He encouraged it. He wanted you to not only do this, but it was his child as well. It was like he didn't want anything to do with his own child. And, and that's, that's amazing to me because, and, and this is where I'm going to get a little personal. I was told by a fertility doctor back in, I believe it was latter part of 2015, early part of 2016. I was told by one of the leading fertility doctors in Toledo that I was never going to be able to have kids. Here's this guy who by all accounts can crank out kids like Osama bin Laden used to crank out tapes back in the early 2000s and doesn't want anything to do with his child. And not only does he not want anything to do with this child, he wants you to terminate the pregnancy. How did that make you feel? It made me feel weak. It made me feel broken that I was, no matter what I did, I even produced a child and I still wasn't good enough. And he made you feel that way and told you that. And that bothers me and... Take your time. It bothers me because recently I had a miscarriage and it still bothers me to this day because I had a child with a man who said he loved me and we were supposed to get married but in the long run he just treated me like crap. And he abused me in so many ways. And then I get pregnant with a guy who is just like me and was told he can never have kids. And then because of all the stress that I was under, I ended up losing the baby. And it breaks my heart. Do you fear 
or did you fear rather for your unborn child when you were pregnant? Yeah. I feared that she would have to witness the abuse that I was going through. Yeah, I feared for my daughter's safety. He didn't want you to have the baby. He did everything he could to keep you from having the baby. And there were some other things too, not just the abortion thing. But the time comes, she's now there. She's a part of your everyday life. Did the abuse get worse? I suffered from postpartum depression. Which is, in all fairness, something that most women do suffer from after a child is born. Yes. Exactly. Um, I, I did. I suffered from it greatly. In the process of trying to get help, he made things 10 times worse. No matter what I did with my daughter, I either didn't hold her enough, I held her too much, I didn't let her cry long enough, or she cried too long, I didn't feed her the proper way. I chose to breastfeed, and I struggled with getting her to latch for the longest time. In the midst of me struggling to feed my child, he always told me I was wrong. Or if I did, because she wouldn't stop crying, so I started to breastfeed out in public. I was embarrassing to him, and I was, I shamed him, and it was wrong and disgusting. And he would yell at me to go to a fitting room because he didn't want to be seen with me. You've got a newborn. Has to feed. Okay. You chose to breastfeed. And he won't let you be a mom. He won't let you experience what it's like to be a mother. And when he didn't get what he wanted, he would do whatever he could to humiliate you. Sometimes privately. Sometimes in front of his own children. Sometimes in front of your child. Um... There was another time I had a baby carrier and I always wore it, you know, to the hockey games. It made life easier. I chose to wear it inside the hockey game because, well, I'm a first time mom. I want my baby close to me. And I remember we got down to the ice and or to the glass right before the ice. And because I didn't unhook the carrier and get her out fast enough so that he could hold her. He then decided to belittle me, scream at me, and tell me, well, I told you I wanted to carry the child first, and you took that away from me, and how dare you? And that was in front of a whole row of people who just stared at me. I gave him the baby and put on a smile and acted like nothing happened. So, let me get this straight. He embarrassed you in public. To get a hockey puck or a hockey stick or anything from the hockey players. He wanted to use the baby to get stuff from the hockey players, pretty much. So he screams at you in public and humiliates you because he couldn't get a hockey puck. So you get this new job. And this was, uh, what, October or November of 2019? There were some things with you that I instantly recognized. And I instantly saw and I went, okay, there's something here. There's some kind of an abuse issue here or something to that effect. 
there were several occasions where I came in to work upset, crying, feeling all alone because of the things that he would say to me before work or things that he would even say to me while I was at work because I had a watch that I had to wear in case he needed to get a hold of me. And I see the messages on my watch. There were many of times that he would, you know, send me very nasty text messages because this wasn't done or that wasn't done or dinner wasn't done properly. You name it, whatever. What led me to leaving was the day that he had told me that I was a shitty mom. The words, you are a shitty mom, coming out of his mouth. And I remember crying by myself in a bathroom stall and my boss coming up to me and we talked. And that's when I got the strength that and the fact that I had so many friends at the know now. I had people who cared about me. I had met, you know, somebody who had been through abuse because I heard that through the grapevine. At that point, we were just friends. Yeah. Um, but you did. You and the people at the who I trusted, but to me it felt like a lot, those few people gave me the strength to realize that I deserved better, that I am not worthless, and that I needed to leave. And to add to this, there were a couple separate times where I was sitting right there when you would receive some of these texts. The day after Christmas, our daughter ended up in the hospital with fl- with the flu, and they admitted her because no matter what they did, she wasn't getting better. She was only getting worse. The whole entire time, while I was trying to take care of our sick, near-death daughter, um... Fucking change and stop being a cunt all the time like your mother. Even our roommate is tired of it and bitches about it all the time. You're going to lose everyone if it doesn't stop and change. Just fucking change. I don't want to be done, but I want to be treated like I'm a fucking human instead of being treated like a piece of shit. Wow. How did your parents react when they found this out? My mom worked all the time. And so whenever I got the chance to spend time with her, I did my best to. I mean, my mom's my best friend. Any chance that I got to hang out with my mom, he always found an excuse why I shouldn't go with her. Or my time with her had to be limited. So because of the fact that in his mind, you spent too much time with your mom, suddenly that was a crime to him. Is it a fair statement to make? That the reason why maybe he took issue with your mom is because of the fact that your mom saw through him? Because my mom tried to open my eyes on a daily basis Mm -hmm. to the fact that I didn't deserve to be treated the way that I was being treated. She tried to save me as much as she could from the abuse. Did she ever see any herself? Yeah. I spent five days in the hospital over the summer. And the whole entire time he texted me, she got these text messages because I was in testing a lot. 
and I left my phone upstairs because I had to. And these messages keep popping up how I need to lie to the doctors and I better not open my mouth about anything. I need to come home because I need to get the house clean. This house is a disaster and there's nothing wrong with you. You need to come home. So he point blank said, don't tell them about us. Yep. The fact that he said us, that tells me he was scared of something. You think he was scared that he would be found out? I think so, because if I would have told them that I didn't feel comfortable going home, um, there probably would have been some red flags raised. I can honestly say that they did tell me that I had a heart attack while I was in the hospital because of all the stress that I was under, that a 25-year-old should not have a heart attack. Out of all of my hospital stays, now mind you, I'm a cancer survivor. Of and a kidney disease survivor. This was the most scariest hospital visit I've ever had. And so much of it was because of the stress that he had put me under. You talked about how that you were getting ready to leave. And something happened. Tell us about this. I tried leaving a couple of times. But it was always... No, you need to stay because there's children involved and I love you. And when you say yes to marrying somebody, you're supposed to actually marry them. He actually shut me in the bathroom and stood in front of the door and told me I'm not allowed to leave him. That we need to work this out and we are going to work this out. Because after all, there's children involved. I was done. Yeah. He told me he was going to take my daughter away from me and that I was never going to see her again. I don't remember how I convinced him to open the door, but I finally got my daughter. And I did, I did record him yelling at me and screaming at me. I took my daughter. I called my mom. Mm -hmm. I called my mom and I told her, Mom, it's time. I need to come live with you. I packed what I could grab and I left. After his ways and means were no longer working anymore in regards to the physical aspect and the emotional aspect and the manipulation aspect, he decided to grab your child and use this child as a weapon against you. And in this particular situation, he, while didn't get charged necessarily, you were granted an order of protection against him. I have been present for a number of panic attacks where you feel him hitting you. And sadly, that is a nasty, nasty after effect. And here's a guy with a public record of doing this. It's public record. It, it is. If you know where to look, you can find it. Before we leave, before we check out here, 
I'm going to pose a question to you. So you got this order of protection, and there is an actual pending legal matter, uh, which we're not going to get into here, involving the child. But let's say for the sake of the argument, let's just say someone came to you and said, okay, Alyssa, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take everything that has happened. We're going to take everything you've been through, everything you've experienced, all the physical, all the emotional, all the psychological. Every time he tried to use your child as a weapon against you, anytime he tried to isolate you, anytime he tried to do whatever he was doing to you. And what we're going to do is we're going to put this gentleman right in front of you. Here he is. Okay. But here's the deal. You get 60 seconds and you can say whatever you want to him. And here's the catch. He can't do anything to you. He can't retaliate against you. His ex-wife can't go on Facebook and threaten you with him attached to it. Nobody can do anything to you except for just stand there and listen. That's all. If you had that opportunity and you were granted that, what would you say? What is, or is there anything that you would say? Or for that matter, ask. Floor is yours, Alyssa. I want to know why I loved you so much and I did so much. I took your children in as they were my own. I stayed so long because I wanted to be a part of a family and I knew that I couldn't have kids and then I got blessed with one. I knew I wasn't going to have any more after that. I just want to know why. I still to this day hear you yelling at me. I see you screaming in my face. I still feel you hitting me and telling me that it's just love taps and that I'm just overreacting. I just want to know what I ever did to deserve that. I'm tired of feeling worthless, and I'm tired of feeling that this was all my fault. I think those are very fair questions to ask. And whether or not you ever receive answers to those, Alyssa, I don't know. But what I will say is, you've come a really long way. You've had to deal with a lot. You've had to face a lot. You had to go into some hardcore counseling because of what this guy did to you. And for what his family put you through as well. I just want to say, keep doing what you're doing. Keep taking care of your daughter. You're doing a great job. You are not a bad mother. You're a great mother. And don't let anyone tell you any different. But I just want to say thank you for coming on the show and doing this. And I know it means a lot to somebody out there. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dr. Jay Thomas. This is the HIV Diaries podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Podbean, and Facebook. Facebook.com. 
backslash HIV Diaries, Spirit Life Media at yahoo.com. Also, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the HIV Diaries podcast. Hello, I'm Salma Hayek. Love is trust, love is dignity, love is respect. Love is also speaking out when someone you know is being abused. The National Domestic Violence Hotline has been saving lives and answering calls from victims, friends, and families, and they will be there for you. Call 1-800-799-SAFE for personal and confidential help. You are not alone.